You're listening to A Future and a Hope Radio with Pastor Bill Penna of Calvary Chapel Grace Fellowship in Tuxedo, New York. Join us as Pastor Bill teaches verse by verse through God's Word. You know who doesn't know what's coming? We don't. We don't. We, we have trouble tying our shoelaces and looking at the next step in front of us. But he knows. And I'm not saying this to scare you, but I believe that there is a giant wave coming. I believe there's a giant wave coming. And it's not coming necessarily on the whole world, but it's coming towards the church of Jesus Christ. It's coming for those that would say, you know, there is a, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of destruction. But man, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Many of us have encountered someone in our life at one time or another who is completely on fire for the Lord. When we meet these people, it's easy to get sucked into who they are and forget what's making it all happen. Today in his message, Pastor Bill reminds us that when someone is on fire for the Lord and has the fruits of the Spirit overflowing in their life, it's all because of Jesus. If you want to see real change in your life, let Him work through you to grow spiritually. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Acts chapter 3 as he begins his message, What Do Life Changers Look Like? The book of Acts, we're going to be in chapter 3, verse 11, and then we're going to actually wade right into chapter 4. We're not going to do chapter 4. We're just going to get up to verse 4. Um, but I do encourage you, you know, especially for you that are growing in the Lord, uh, you know, both the new believers and those of you who received Jesus many years ago, you know, I encourage you, bring a Bible, have a Bible, write notes, dig into the Word. You know, my desire is to equip you to then go into this world and do ministry, right? Love people. So Acts chapter 3, we'll be looking at verse 11 through Acts chapter 4, verse 4. If you're taking note this morning, the title to the message is, What Do Life Changers Look Like? What do life changers look like? look like. You might be here and think, all right, I'm saved. Jesus saved me. I'm forgiven of my sins. And that's it, right? Praise the Lord. And the Lord goes, no, 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 right? We're just getting started. God called you. He saved you. But now he wants to change you. And as he changes you, then he's going to begin to use you. You're going to be a tool in his hand to be used of him to guess what? Be used of God to change others. And you're going to see it. Our Bible should be open. I pray our hearts are open. Let's settle ourselves and let's pray. And we're going we're gonna to ask the Lord to meet us here. Oh, Heavenly Father, God, we humble ourselves before you, Lord. But once again, God, every time we open the scriptures, not just to get more information, but Lord, to actually learn from Jesus. This book that we hold in our hands, these scriptures that we're going to study today are the word of God. This is God's word. According to Paul's letter to Timothy, these words are God breathed. Lord, this is the very breath of God. And Holy Spirit, we ask you as we read and consider, Lord, this first church, the book of Acts, this record of these first Christians, Lord, that you would, Lord, ignite us, Lord, set a fire in our hearts, Lord. God, not for the things of this world. The world is burning right now all these issues. But Lord, we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to set a fire in us, Lord, for your glory. God, we're asking you to set a fire in us, Lord, for your kingdom. God, for your church, for your word to go forth in the real places, Lord, that we live and we do life at our work and our families. 
And Lord, as we hear your word, cause us, Lord, to believe these things. And we ask it now in Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter three, you know, I have this story here. It was December 26th, 2004. An earthquake of a magnitude 9.1 struck off the coast of Indonesia. The immediate impact wasn't felt because it struck deep under the surface of the ocean. And just before 8 a.m., the ocean floor thrusted upward more than 60 feet because of the collision of the earth plates along a 600-mile fault line. All the water displaced by this violent quake had to go somewhere. It pushed rapidly through the ocean, moving toward the shore at more than 500 miles per hour. The sheer volume of water was barely noticeable until it reached the shoreline where it grew into a huge wall. It was a wave reported to be over 100 feet high in some areas. There was little warning of the coming devastation. The people in coastal towns were were caught completely off guard and the resulting tsunami was the deadliest in history, killing over 227,000 people in 14 countries. Now listen, this was that tsunami that hit off the coast of Indonesia. But for me in 2004, I was here in New York. I had been here for a few years. And at this point, I know it's hard to believe, I was actually managing a cell phone store, Nextel. How many of you guys remember Nextel? Hello, you there? And they would like saying, right, they're gone now, I guess. But I was managing a store in the up in Middletown at the Galleria Mall. And, you know, I was a born-again Christian, living for Jesus, trying to do my best to follow the Lord. And there was a gentleman there uh, who also was managing one of those little, you know, those little pop-up kiosks that are right in the middle. He had like a bag store. Uh, He was from Indonesia. Uh, I remember getting to know him, very just special guy, big smile, just personality dripping from him. So me and him got along great. I remember asking him his name. He goes, my name is John. Like Your name is not John, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I remember he told me his name. I said, all right, John, it's nice to meet you. You know, I was like, I got you. I got you. I can only say so many sentences every day. So, but uh, he was a great guy, but we got to get to know each other and he was not a Christian. You know, I was a Christian. He was not a Christian. We started to get to know each other. We started to talk. We started to have lunch together every now and then. And one day, John asked me, he says, you know, you're a Christian. You know, I see you. You're different. You're not doing what everybody else is doing. I says, I am a Christian. He's like, what's, what's the deal with that? And I remember, you know, pulled out my Bible. We started talking about the things of the Lord. And next thing you know, he said, could I have a Bible? I said, no, you cannot. (laughs) I was like, of course you have a Bible. You know, got him a Bible. And we would read the scriptures together and talk about the things of God. You know, uh, John received the Lord as his Lord and Savior. It was a very exciting thing. But I will never forget John is going back to Indonesia. He was on a work visa here. He went back to Indonesia and it was literally a week later that this tsunami hit the country. I just remember going, Lord, I know nothing, you know. You know, so much of being a, a, a life changer, being a part of what God wants to do is getting your time, getting your life, getting your clock synchronized with God's. Because he knows, he knows what's coming. You know who doesn't know what's coming? We don't. We don't. We, we have trouble tying our shoelaces and looking at the next step in front of us. But he knows. And I'm not saying this to scare you, but I believe that there is a giant wave coming. I believe there's a giant wave coming. And it's not coming necessarily on the whole world, but it's coming towards the church of Jesus Christ. 
It's coming for those that would say, you know, there is a, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of destruction. But man, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And I believe there is a wave coming. And as believers in Jesus, it's so great to learn God's word because it's, it's God's word that prepares us. Now, for you that have been with us in the book of Acts, you know the author of this book is none other than Dr. Luke, right? Dr. Luke, he was changed by Jesus. Now he's recording, the, the, he wrote the gospel of Luke and now he's writing the record of this first church. Uh, this book is a record of, of the first believers. Guys, this is it. This is, these guys didn't have anybody else to refer back to. They weren't like, hmm, I wonder how the church did it, you know, a few years back. They were the church, you know. The Spirit of God had come upon them on the day of Pentecost. Now they have the word. They're gathered together. I mean, you just got to imagine being one of those first Christians. You know, at this point, there are 3,120 Christians on the entire planet. And they're all there in Jerusalem. And who's God called to lead? It's Peter, who they're all going, no, not Peter, Lord. And the other one is John. You know, he was the youngest of the disciples by far. He's 13 when he was baptizing people in the Jordan with John the Baptist. And they're kind of leading and the church is moving. Remember, the day of Pentecost happened. The Spirit of God came upon them. Peter, under the unction of the Spirit, preaches the gospel. 3,000 are saved. God uses Peter mightily, but it doesn't cause Peter to stop doing the little things. You notice Peter now in the chapter 3 He's on his way just to the hour of prayer. Three o'clock, he's going to pray. It's just him and, you know, him and John. They didn't have an entourage. There was no, Peter didn't go, man, I'm so famous now. I have to have a security force, right? It's like, I look at some of these things. I'm going, I was from Calvary Chapel. I don't know about these things, you know? I see these other guys, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I don't think that many people want to talk to you, actually. But, uh, you know, Peter and John didn't do that. They're just walking with the Lord. They're on their way. And the one who apprehended them was the lame man. Says, I need some money. They said, silver and gold, I don't have for you. That's not what you need. What I have, I give you. And Jesus healed that lame man. He healed him. He put the sinews back together. The nerves regrew, and now he's walking. And that's where we pick it up. Acts chapter three, verse 11. It says, now, as the lame man who was healed, notice here, if you have your pen, circle this, held on to Peter and John. He held on to him. All the people ran together in the porch which is called Solomon's, notice here, greatly amazed. Greatly amazed. And we're going to talk today about what do life changers look like. Number one, if you're taking note, listen, people that are used of God to change others' lives, number one, they hang on to God's people. They hang on to God's people. Listen, it is going to get significantly harder in the coming years to hang on to God's people. We are going to hang on to the things in our life that matter most to us. And the wise believer, the mature believer, the living Christian is going to recognize, I need to say what's valuable in my life is what God's word says is valuable in my life. We've got to learn this. It's not going to get easier. You know, um, this word held on in the Greek means to use strength to seize. You know, you ever experienced that before? You know, I'm not, I'm not a bodybuilder or anything, but I, I, I lift some weights a little bit. I see some of the men out here, not as much as some of you guys, but, you know, I put a little bit up. But, you know, my little one, Selah, she's so little. She's so, it's unbelievable. It's, she's like the littlest thing ever. Like her fingers so little, her feet. But I'm telling you, you know, she'll hold my hand. And in the home, she's free. She runs around. But we were out not too long ago. A dog kind of came up to us. She got afraid, ran over to me. Ha, ha, ha. 
right? She sounded like a dog. She's like, listen, I lifted her up like this. She put, I would, the dog, I didn't have to fear. She almost strangled me. You know, I was like, I mean, these little puny arms, they're so little. But when she grabbed on, she squeezed, I was like, Wow, you could just feel the muscles tightening in her back, just grabbing onto me. You know, as believers in Jesus, we have to learn this. You know, we have to hold on to God's people. This, this lame man who was just healed didn't say, wow, I'm, I'm a miracle. I'm gonna start lame man international ministries. Woo-hoo, they're gonna hear my testimony. I'm gonna get a website, right? That's not what he did. What did he do? He went, I need, I need to grow. I need it. And he grabbed on to Peter and John. You must learn to hang on to the Lord's people. You know, I want you to think for a moment, this lame man is healed. What about the 3,120 who were just saved? What about these believers? You know, that's the funny thing is at this point, they're like mature Christians compared to this guy because they've been saved for a few days, you know? So now they're like, well... I've been walking with the Lord for twice as long as you, right? Two days, not one day, right? You got to see that. But that's how it works. What about them? What was their part? What about Peter and John and the ones who had been with Jesus longer? What about those select few, the the men, the the 11 disciples, and then the, the women that were with him? What was their role in the healed man's life? You know, I was reading this past week in Time Magazine. I haven't read Time Magazine in a long time, just a little precursor there. But they had an interesting article. It was basically stating that during this COVID season, like in America, we already had a problem with women having children. Like, I don't know if you know this, but we are not actually populating the United States of America enough to sustain our country. That was before COVID. Now women are deciding at alarming rate to not have children. Like, I don't want to bring my child into this world. And I read this article. I just thought to myself, oh, no, no, no. Right, especially as the body of Christ, right? But I want you to think, and, I, and they, they kind of went into these, these natal, neonatal units all around the country. They're showing these pictures of all these empty neonatal units. There's no babies there. You go to these hospitals, there's no babies. There's no babies. All these, they're just sitting around. They don't know what to do. There's no babies. You know, I think a lot of churches experienced this over the last couple years now, right? You know, there's no babies. Nobody's getting born again. Nobody's getting saved. But, but this is what you have to remember here. In, in the book of Acts, they were experiencing this as well. The religious system wasn't experiencing any conversion either. There was no healed people there either. But, but the first 3,120, now you got the lame man healed. Listen, our church, right, we have 17 babies in the neonatal unit. If you're one of the baptized, you're going, did Pastor Bill just call me a baby? No, no, you're not a baby. But spiritually, it's a brand new baby, Right? And now all of a sudden, they got this filled, right? Imagine going 17. Now, what do 17 newborn babies do? What? No, no, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Now that's really a joke. But that's kind of what happens. They need to be cared for, right? Now, now let's say we go. Imagine, you're, now let's go back to the hospital. Now we're there. There's 17 babies and the parents, the people that are apart, the aunts and uncles and family members and community and all that, the spiritual community around them. The people go, you know what? We got to go. We're going to leave them here. And you know what? God's going to take care of them. I'm pretty sure people would get arrested, right? That would be a monstrosity. No, 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 that's yours. Church, this first church understood this. They understood this. It's a reality. These believers, that this new man hung on to them and Peter and John didn't shake them off and say, I don't have time for you. You know, it says here, all the people ran together to them. Why? Because this man's life had been transformed. You know, I love this. 
And anytime a man or a woman's life is transformed, meaning they leave their old life and they move on to what Jesus has, it draws a crowd. You got to picture this man now, the, the, the healed lame man is now walking out of Jerusalem. He's walking through the same place according to the scriptures. He walks past the place where he has begged for his entire life. Later in Acts, we'll find he's over 40 years old. For 40 years, he's been there. And I wonder if the spirit of the Antichrist, you know, I wonder if the devil was whispering in his ear, man, that's what you know. That's where you've experienced all your grief and your depression and you're comfortable in it. Go back. And I just imagine as the lame man walking went, no way. (laughs) I'm sticking with Peter and John. I'm going into this new life. And every step he took, guess what? That place got farther behind. You know, maybe you're a new believer. You've been walking with the Lord for a while. Maybe the enemy's saying, come back. I mean, David fell later in life. He's way later in life and then he's fallen, right? And the enemy's saying, come back. No, 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 you get up. Take up your mat and follow Jesus. Don't go back to those things. It's a trap. And we see this here in verse 11. They run together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed by this man's transformed life. Let's move on, verse 12. It says, so when Peter saw it, so Peter sees this crowd gathering, scholars say 20 to 30,000 people He responded to the people and he said, men of Israel. He said, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness that we had made this man walk? Now, if you're taking note, it's number two, very important. If you want to be a part of of the kingdom in terms of changing lives for Jesus, number two is you need to realize you are not the Christ. It's not about you. This is one of the great challenges of our day. If if Christianity fundamentally becomes all about you, guess what it no longer is? It's not Christianity anymore. That's not the message of this book. You know, when George Barnes says only 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview, that's what he's talking about. People say, I'm a Christian, but fundamentally everything they believe is not what the Bible says. Well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but Jesus isn't God. I'm a Christian, but no, there's many ways to heaven. I'm a Christian, but the Bible is written by a man. I'm a Christian, but no, I don't believe in heaven. I'm a Christian, I don't believe in hell. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, have you ever been to Starbucks? Yeah. You ever had a cup of coffee? No. What'd you do there? What are you talking about? Well, I used the bathroom and left. Oh, let's try. It, it, it's, it's true. You see, here, the people come to Peter and John, and Peter sees in their eyes, they're marveling. Now, why is that significant? You know, maybe you're reading this and going, well, it is marvelous. They healed this lame man. But see, Peter was there. There's always a difference between people who hear about ministry, people who talk about ministry, and people that do ministry. There's always a difference. Peter was there. Jesus had just been crucified a couple months ago. It's not that far from it. He had been crucified, buried, rose from the dead. Peter denied him three times. Now he's used of God. He's going, you're looking at me. But remember, Jesus, Peter was also there before Jesus was crucified. For three years, what did Jesus go around and do? Can you guys say miracles? He did miracles. One after another after another. Now Peter and John say, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. He rise up and walk, and the people are going, oh, wow. And Peter's going, did you guys, were you not paying attention? You know, like, do you not know what's happening? Like, Jesus has been doing this the whole time. Why are they marveling? The reason why they're marveling is because they're looking at Peter and John going, wow, if a man like that 
could have special power in his hands. Maybe I do too, right? That's what's happening. They're starting to go, oh, it's like what you might see on television. You know, I had to, it's, it's criminal. But you could watch this, this video of a famous, quote unquote, faith healer. And he's like swinging his jacket and people are flying all over the place. And then somebody went in and dubbed it, took out the jacket, put in a lightsaber and overtoned it with the voice of like Darth Vader. It is, I'm sorry, Lord, if this is wrong, I apologize. But it is hilarious. But then I th- after you stop laughing, then you start crying. Because then you go, you know, I think one of the late night talk show hosts used it as like his entry thing. Because it is laughable. And interestingly enough, they've done the research. They've went into these things. They're not documenting any legitimate miracles. That's what's really crazy. They're, they're not getting it. They're going, no, 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 we're not going to. No, he's not going to go to the doctor. No, 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 we're not going to check that. And now all of a sudden, it's no good. Peter and John did not say, come to me, look at me. I'm going to swing my lightsaber around. They said, why are you looking at us? It's by our own godliness and holiness we made this man to walk. He said, it's not us. Listen, we need to realize this. A good illustration is like the reservoirs. We have these reservoirs all around our region We are not the reservoir of power or holiness. Not one of us is. What happened with us, though, is we know the reservoir now. We've been to the reservoir. We've drunk from the reservoir. For some of us, we got smart. We said, I'm going to stop leaning over and drinking. I'm going to jump in the reservoir. I'm going to live in the reservoir. And all of a sudden, I'm going to be clean. People go, how'd you get clean? It's called the reservoir. No, it's you. No, it's not. It's the reservoir. And that's what Peter and John are saying here. You know, if you're taking note, jot this down, so important, so important. John chapter one, verse 19 through 23. John 1, 19 through 23. John the Baptist, before Jesus' ministry started, he's on the scene, he's baptizing. All these people are going to the middle of nowhere, the tuxedo, let's just say, right? And they're going to the middle of nowhere to hear the gospel, and he's baptizing people, and, they, and the Pharisees come. They go, you know, he says, are, are you the Christ, or do we look for another? He says, I'm not the Christ. Are you one of the prophets? Nope, not the prophet. Are you the prophet? I'm not the prophet. Who are you then? And he finally told him. You know, before you and I can be used of God, honestly, before you and I can know who we are in Christ, we first have to realize what we are not. You know, one of the great challenges today is I think much of Christendom is teaching us you have to learn to become the Christ. And we live a Christian existence of perpetual disappointment. Why? Because again and again, what do we discover? I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Christ. I'm not. He's the Christ. I'm the messenger. I'm the one that points to him, right? And it's so important. You, if you want to be used to the Lord, especially to be a part of changing other lives, you have to know who you are and who you are not. Verse 13, watch this. It gets better. Peter's preaching. He says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorify, notice here, his servant Jesus. He's going to point to Jesus 10 times in one message. You could listen to messages today and not hear about Jesus one time. Ten times in a short couple verses, whom you delivered up and denied. He's going to say they denied him twice in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Verse 14, but you denied the Holy One and the just, and you asked for a murderer to be granted to you. This is Barabbas. He's going through that account. Thank you for joining us today on A Future and a Hope Radio. Pastor Bill has been sharing from the book of Acts, and we pray you've been blessed by what you heard. If you'd like to hear more from these teachings in Acts, you'll find them at our website, ccgfchurch.org, under the Media tab. While you're there, 
why not download our church app? That way, you'll have teachings with you on the go. Lots of good things are a part of the app too, like daily devotionals. So go check it out at ccgfchurch.org. If you're wanting to get in touch with us over the phone, you can do that too. Our number is 845-915-3445. Again, that's 845-915-3445. We like to hear from our listeners and to understand how this ministry is impacting their lives. If you're in the Hudson Valley area, we'd love to meet you. Come visit us at Calvary Chapel Grace Fellowship. You'll find us at 549 Route 17 in Tuxedo. And you can get service times on our website. Again, that's ccgfchurch.org. That's all for today. In our next edition, Pastor Bill will continue on in the book of Acts, sharing the wonderful works that God did through His people. So come again for a future and a hope radio.